The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Showtime! Hey guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And here is where Jess would normally jump in and introduce herself. But as we mentioned in our last episode, Jess has had a family emergency and is not able to record right now, unfortunately. Plus, with my upcoming business trip, I will be out of town for six weeks, which means we have to get some recordings done right away. And we've decided that Garthology just isn't Garthology without all three of us. But with Jess not available, we didn't want to record whole new episodes. So for right now, we're going to hit replay on a previous episode, and then Pete and I will come back and we'll chat about that episode. We'll come back in, we'll add some additional thoughts, and see if we feel the same as when we first recorded it. Plus, we'll include some new shout-outs to some of our very favorite Garthologists. Absolutely, and we hope that you'll all stick around and listen through the episodes again, as well as our new thoughts and new shout-outs. We have missed recording and are hoping to bring you some new full-length episodes very soon. But for now, we're excited to share these new thoughts with you. We've really missed our Garthologists and talking to each other about Garth. Plus, if you could all take some time and send some good prayers and well wishes to Jess and her family, that would truly be a blessing. Jess, we're all thinking about you. Yes, we are. So let's get started. For today's episode of Garthology Season 2, Episode 12, We're going to look back at Season 1, Episode 10, our review of the last five songs on Garth's third album, Rope in the Wind. Let's get to it. Hey guys, it's Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Episode 10 of Garthology. Thanks so much for listening. I can't believe we're on our 10th episode already. The time is really flying on this journey of ours. And hopefully you all are enjoying learning about Garth as much as we are enjoying learning about Garth, because we're having a great time. In today's episode, we will finish discussing the last five songs of Garth's third studio album, 1991's Rope in the Wind. If you haven't listened to episode nine yet, be sure and do that so that you can hear the first five songs from the album in that episode. In case you're wondering, Rope in the Wind got its name because the saying stuck in Garth's head when a co-worker of Ty England's dad told him that Ty would have better luck rope in the wind than making a living in music. I guess he got that wrong, huh, guys? Yeah, no joke. So now let's go check in with Pete for song number six on Rope in the Wind. Yes, song number six off of Rope in the Wind was Shameless. Maybe that's what's left of me. Don't have very far fall. You know now I'm not a man who's ever been insecure about the world I've been living in. I don't break easy, I have my pride But if you need to be satisfied I'm shameless Oh honey, I don't have a prayer 
Shameless was written by Billy Joel and released by Billy Joel in 1989 on his album Stormfront, where it peaked at number 40 on the Hot Adult Contemporary Tracks chart. Two years later, Garth covered the song, where it became his seventh number one hit on the Billboard Country Charts. The amazing Trisha Yearwood sings background in the song and says in the anthology that they were in the studio and Garth really wanted her to give more of an effort than just to sit there, open her mouth, and have the sound come out perfect. After multiple times of trying to record the song, she started to get a little pissed off at Garth, and Garth went to her and told her that we know that you know how to sing the song. We just need a little more effort in it. So at that point, she said, the last time that they sung the song, she did it pissed, and Garth finally heard what he wanted to hear on the song. I can just picture them talking and and him being (laughs) like, don't be so perfect. Like, yeah. get, <laughs> get mad. Do it a little Put some effort into it this time. <laughs> can we all just imagine for one second, Garth telling Trisha, can you get into the song for a second? Yeah. Like, can you, can you do a little better, please? <laughs> I mean, enough with being average, okay? <laughs> I always love to hear Garth talk about Shameless and how he uses the guitar to hide his gut. But it always seems at the end of the song, Shameless, He drops the guitar, and there it is. In all its glory, a gut that really doesn't exist, in my opinion. (laughs) Garth had always told Alan Reynolds that he would almost choke with the idea of singing about a four-letter word love song. And when Garth decided to record Shameless, Alan was surprised because the word love is in the song so much. With that, the song and the lyrics are a really powerful meaning about a man that's so in love with a woman that no matter what it is, what it is that she wants, or how he feels about what she wants, he's willing to do it, to show her that his love means that much to him. And when you listen to the lyrics and doing research on it, that's exactly it. It just continuously repeats the man's willingness through the entire song to let his guard down, to become shameless, and to do whatever it is that he needs to do to make the love that he has for her, the same love that she would have for him in return by him doing it. So the lyrics and the meaning behind a lot of them and how it all kind of revolves back to that, to me, was very, very powerful. So that's what I got from the song. It's a very, very fun song to listen to Garth sing and to watch him do it live where the music stops, all the instruments stop, and it's just him and singing Shameless at the end where he's got the guitar in one hand and he always seems to bounce his hands up in the air when he finishes the last Shameless. I always remember it. So when I'm listening to it on the radio, it takes me back to watching Garth do it live. It's a lot of fun. Great song. What'd you guys think about it? I think that it is a great song and every person, male or female, I feel like wants to be loved like that, like completely shamelessly. And that's appealing. So of course, across the board, people loved it because it's so relatable, like a lot of his music is. And I think also Garth performed this song in a way that country audiences weren't accustomed to. Like he performed it, he emoted, and that's something that they weren't used to seeing. And it really shook people at the time. And apparently, people were ready for it because we see what what happened in the phenomenon that was Garth Brooks. And so I think this was a kind of an iconic song for that change and that thing that was different one of the many things that was different about him than than maybe artists who had come before him. As an aside, talking about Trisha and Garth trying to get that response out of her, or that that note that he was looking for, 
it just made me think that this is one of the reasons why I love to see Trisha live because she tends to be more reserved on her albums. They're vocally perfect. They're spot on always. But when you see her live, she'll she'll do that belt or that whale or change that lick and do something a little bit differently. And I always prefer her live versions over the studio cuts for that reason. So I love that this one time Garth was able to kind of go and get this vocal freedom out of her on a studio album because you don't ever hear that usually. So that was really special about this song, I thought, also. How about you? Yeah, that's a really great point. For me, this song, and we've talked about this before because in our first episode where we talked about our favorite songs, this was one of my favorite songs. This will always be one of my favorite Garth Brooks songs. It was the song that I chose to dance with my husband at our wedding, which I mentioned before. And so it will always rank right up at the top for me in Garth Brooks songs. And for me, I love his albums. I love all of his recordings. But seeing him live is a whole other ball game. Like everything about his live performance in most songs is, for me, the better experience. And for Shameless, I would rather see him sing this song live than almost any other song. I love what he does with this song live. When he gets that gravel in his voice and he just really gets down into it, especially like we talked about in the Win video, the DVD, when he just throws that guitar off and he's just in it, like that is it for me. That is what I will always go back to in my mind when I think about why is Garth Brooks my favorite live performer? It will be that moment. I just, ah, it's perfect. Yeah, I love that too. That's cool. Well, that'll about do it for that song, so we'll pass it over to Jess for song number seven. Song number seven is Cold Shoulder. Somewhere out of Dover I wish I could hold her Instead of hugging this old cold shoulder The song was written by Kent Blasey, Garth Brooks, and Kim Williams, and it was the seventh track off of Rope in the Wind. It was not a single. Kent Blasey worked on songs like If Tomorrow Never Comes, Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up, It's Midnight Cinderella, She's Gonna Make It, Somewhere Other Than the Night, and Beer Run. He also worked with groups like Diamond Rio and Patty Loveless, Chris Young, and maybe most importantly, he heard something special in Garth and Trisha Once Upon a Time and introduced them. Kim Williams also wrote multiple songs, many of them with Kent Blasey and Garth, and among those were New Way to Fly, Papa Loved Mama, Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up, It's Midnight Cinderella, She's Gonna Make It, Tearing It Up and Burning It Down, and Beer Run. He also worked with artists like Randy Travis, Joe Diffie, and Reba McIntyre. And he was ASCAP's Country Songwriter of the Year in 1994. And he won a CMA for Song of the Year in 2003 for the song Three Wooden Crosses, which I don't know if you guys know that, but it's a great song. I really love that song. Amazing. He was in the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2012. He was inducted. 
And then he actually passed away in 2016 at the age of 68. But Garth had mentioned in the anthology that he and Kent Blasey and Kim Williams were like the three amigos when they were writing and just like best of friends. So I'm sure that that was a huge loss for them in the country music writing world, but also just as friends. On this song specifically, Garth, Kent, and Kim were working on it, and they actually stopped in the middle of writing Cold Shoulder because they went off on a tangent and wrote a completely different song, and then they came back and finished Cold Shoulder. (laughs) So this is how these guys worked when they were together and just songwriting geniuses. The original idea for the song was Garth Brooks uh, was going home on Christmas Eve, and he saw a big rig on the shoulder with its triangles out. And he just thought about, you know, that sucks. That guy's sitting there on Christmas Eve. He means he's sleeping now. He's going to get started on Christmas Day. And that's how he's going to spend his holiday. And it just started his mind thinking about the song. And he he thought about like what it would be, how interesting it would be to start the song out painting this this picture of a warm, nice Christmas and then giving you the reality of where the person in the song really was and flipping it around. And so they passed it around and they came up with this amazing song. And uh, Garth says in the anthology of the last verse, that's music to drink to right there. And it really is. It's kind of a a very sad, depressing thought whenever you, you look at it that way. In the anthology also, Trisha says, Garth's very careful about where he uses the choice harmonies in his songs. But then Garth says it's actually Alan Reynolds who has the taste and who, because he said the the licks and the great part that he would like, he would use in every chorus all the way through. And then it was Alan who's like, let's rein it in and just use it at the end of the song. And in that same, that same vein, Trisha talks about just how harmonies can enhance a song, which we've talked about. And I agree with so much and especially their harmonies we've talked about enhance every song and anything that they do, but just she's talking about harmonies in general and how much that can lift a song and that you might not hear it until they're taken away. And if you listen to a song without those background vocals or without the harmonies, you would see the difference that it makes of just someone singing it straight. And and I can really see that because a lot of the time I think it really does set the tone for the song. But I really love this one. It It's not probably my favorite song on the album, but I think only because I love this album as a whole and there's so many songs on it that I love. It it's hard to probably even get a top three in there because they're, I just love them all so much. Were you guys familiar with this song? I, I feel like I know Deb said you've listened to most every song on the album, but how about you, Pete? Do you know this one already? You know, I, I, I didn't know it as well as I know some of the other Garth songs, of course, but it's one that'll pop up uh, you know, on the playlist because obviously with the Amazon Music, I have all the different albums downloaded. But I, I had a hard time getting into the storytelling part of this song to kind of take me to that place where I understood the lyrics as well as maybe I understood some of the other ones. But one thing that stood out uh, for me was when you had mentioned like the, the big rig down on the side of the road. Again, it to me just takes so many different everyday things that we just pass by. You know, we see that all the time driving around and see traffic. Garth sees that. And instantly, you know, it starts going into a storytelling type thing where, like you said, it starts out so warm on Christmas, but where that person is really at. And, you know, you kind of sit back and you think when you're listening to things like that, like, you know, it's not always peaches and cream, I guess you could say, you know, there's always something else that's going on. Um, and then as far as like the the harmonies go in the sound and the music, 
I almost would never want to hear a song like that without those increased harmonies because, again, the song would just be so flat and boring. It they really do bring that up to the next level, and uh, that's kind of my feelings on it. But like I said, I'm not—I wasn't really too familiar with the song, but uh, again, uh, you know, another real good in my eyes way to uh, a layered song, a storytelling layered song that could take it a couple different ways, start you in one place, end up in another type. Yeah. How about you, Deb? Yeah, for me, that's the lyrics are really, it's such a great turn of phrase because when you think of a cold shoulder, you know, you think of giving someone the cold shoulder, whereas that is not what this is about. This song is about the shoulder of a highway. That's what the whole song is about. I mean, you have that first verse, which is specifically about a relationship and being with someone, but the whole rest of the song is about being an 18 wheeler driver. And you never see that coming. And that's one of the great things about Garth and about the songwriters that he works with is they take just a regular phrase and it can turn it into a story about something that you're, you're thinking that you're listening to a love song. But really what it is, is it's this sad story about a man who's driving an 18-wheeler And he's kept from his family because this is what his job is. You know, I'm sure he's doing it to put food on the table, but it keeps him away from those that he loves. And so really it's a sad story. It's not really a love story. It's a sad song about, you know, a truck driver. So for me, it's, it's great that they can take something, just a phrase, cold shoulder, and they turn it into this whole other thing. So. I agree. It's, I think, one of the lesser known songs on this album. But I think if you actually read into the lyrics of it, I think you really find a story buried in there that is quite touching. Yeah. And you know something else real quick is uh, you talked about the three wooden crosses, you know, and in the song and the lyrics to that, you know, three wooden crosses on the side of the highway. And you listen to that, it's kind of like the same thing, you know, there's a story behind everything. You know, uh, Randy Travis had sung that song, and afterwards, obviously, we all know, you know, he had that stroke. There's Mm -hmm. a thing on YouTube of Kane Brown, one of the new up-and-coming country music stars right now, where he was in the studio somewhere on a radio talk show, and he was singing that song, and they snuck Randy Travis in through the background. Going back to that, if you guys haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. Very, very uh, emotional. Oh, yeah, I will have to check it out. All right, well, we are going to take it over to Deb for song number eight. And song number eight is We Bury the Hatchet. We can't get along. We're always fighting about things. It should be dead and gone. We bury the hatchet. Leave the handle stick and bang out. Digging up things we should forget about. When it comes to forgetting, maybe there ain't no doubt. We bury the hatchet. We bury the hatchet was written by Garth and Royal Wade Kims or Kimes, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, who was a cowboy from Arkansas. It was not released as a single, and according to the anthology part one, Garth didn't think a song about burying a hatchet 
could work when Wade first brought the idea to him, which really, if you think about it, I kind of agree. (laughs) But he said that while writing it, he was laughing so hard that his cheeks hurt. He saw this song as kind of filling the humor spot on the album. So like we've talked about in the past, you know, Garth is big on thinking of the album as a whole. And so he's mentioned before cowboy songs. He wants to have a cowboy song. So he finds a song that fills that spot. He wants to have a swing song, like a dance song. So he finds songs that fill that spot. And now we have him talking about a humor spot. So I thought that was cool. Again, I love that Garth thinks of an entire album. I've mentioned that on podcasts in the past. I love that he thinks about the album as a whole and that he's telling a story from song number one to song number 10, and he really fills in those spots and he thinks about what's it going to be like live. And for him, this song, he knew it was going to be great live. And he's right. It's a great song live. Another thing I took from it was in a relationship, you definitely have to have humor So if you have this couple who are fighting all the time, I mean, if you listen to the lyrics of this song, they're fighting constantly. They don't even remember why they're fighting anymore. And so I think he's right in believing that with relationships, you do have to have a bit of humor. You know, you have to think about things that you may experience with that person. Sometimes you just have to laugh at it because this is somebody who, if you're married, If you live together, you're with this person more time than you've spent probably with anyone else in your life. And so sometimes you can just get on each other's nerves. And so for me, I think that's what this song reminds me of is, you know, you just sometimes in a relationship, you experience things where you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're arguing about this one thing again. This happened 10 years ago, and yet here we are. So I think of that. It always makes me laugh when I think, when I hear this song. And I think that you definitely have to accept when you're in a relationship that you're going to hit some rough spots, but humor can often make those at least a little bit better. So what did you guys think? Yeah, I kind of like that as well. Like you say, you know, in a relationship, it's basically about finding the humor in some situations, coming to a compromise, bury the hatchet, move on. It ain't worth dwelling over because it ain't going to, you know, it's not going to get anywhere just dwelling over it. Bury the hatchet. Let's move on. So, yeah, I love the song. It's a, it's a it's a great song. I really do enjoy it. It's funny. It makes me think my mom always preached this lesson to us growing up. Like, I think she probably was mostly talking about between the siblings because we were very close together and she probably got tired of hearing us fight all the time. But in in a relationship with family, with friends, just she always stressed the importance of you can't keep bringing things up from the past and that you have to let stuff go and move on and truly bury the hatchet all the way. So this song always makes me laugh because every time I listen to it, I was like, mm, buddy, you're messing up. You're just you know, you're bringing up things you should have <laughs> let go. And so that's just always what comes to my mind as soon as I hear it is I'm like, oh, you're such a mess. Both of you just have to let this go. But it's entertaining, you know, And it does, I think, fill the humor spot on the album. It really, I mean, it's not comical, but it's definitely amusing and and it's upbeat. And so it's always fun to listen to. And and I really like this one. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so now we are going to go over to Pete for song number nine. Song number nine is In Lonesome Dove. And she looked down and her heart was gone. 
The train went west, but she stayed on in lonesome dust. A farmer's daughter with a gentle hand. In Lonesome Dove was written by Cynthia Limbaugh and Garth Brooks. Lonesome Dove was not released as a single, and it never made it to the Billboard charts. Again, another song that I have no idea how it wasn't a single or on the charts. This is one that I'm very, very excited about. In the little app that we use, I was doing the research on it, and I sent a message how excited I was to have this song. One of the main reasons why is because I talk a lot about Garth's songs in the music, the lyrics, taking me to a certain place, taking me to Alabama Clay or taking me you know, on the river or wherever it is. And in the anthology part one, Garth talks about this song and the instruments and the music behind it being able to take you to that individual spot, to a certain spot with the instruments and, and the way that the the musicians in the band play it. He talks a lot about in the lyrics, like the shots rang out down the Rio Grande. And there's a push with an instruments that you can hear the echoes, like being in the caverns of the Rio Grande. I've never been there. I can imagine what it's like. But, you know, you think about that, you know, you hear shots. If you're out in the, the forest or something like that and gunshot goes off, it echoes. Again, it's one of those songs that just takes you to that place, puts, you, puts me personally in that song. So the story about In Lonesome Dove is, to me, a really good storytelling song where a man, a Texas Ranger, saves a woman and they end up getting married and they have a little boy. The boy grows up to follow in his father's footsteps as a legacy lawman and had caught wind that the men who allegedly had killed his father, they were robbed a bank, and the only thing between them and Mexico was this town, Lonesome Dove. So as they made their way through it, there was a bunch of dust. Apparently, shots rang out, and after the dust settled, the men were laying at the feet of this boy that has grown into this man now. And although nobody knew who shot these guys, the story leads you to believe that it was the mom who had done so. Now they've kind of got revenge on these guys who had come through and killed this man's father years back. And it kind of comes full circle, in my opinion. So what'd you guys think about it? I just love this song. And I'm still shocked to this day that it wasn't a single. I just don't understand that. Like we've questioned before. What makes, you know, what is the deciding factor of releasing something as a single? This should be a single. I'm asking Garth right now, put this song back on another album and release this as a single. It is just, it's a beautiful story. The music is wonderful. I just cry every time. Like I know the entire story from beginning to end, but it is beautiful. And I think that it needs to be out there. I think that more people need to hear this song. <laughs> so that's how I feel about it. I think it got robbed. That bank got robbed, and so did this song. I agree. It should have been a single. I love this song so much. We could have just done a whole episode about this song, and I could have talked about it like 
three quarters of the time. Um, I've told you guys before, we've talked about this song, I've said how much I loved it. And to me, of all the songs, this is the one that should have been made into a movie. Because you know, we talked about Unanswered Prayers became a Lifetime movie, and I'm like, 100% this, this song could have been a movie. You know, there is the miniseries Lonesome Dove, but this does not follow that storyline at all. Um, the storylines aren't related, but I, I just, it's such a great story song. I would argue that this is the best story song. This is Garth's best story song. 100% my opinion. Right. And we talked about that, that we're going to do a story song podcast. Yeah. And this will 100% be on it. And we'll talk about it again. So you'll get to hear about it again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just prepare yourselves out there because we will talk about this song again. Yes. And you know, but as like you said, as many times as I've heard it, the end still gets me. I still get goosebumps whenever that final line comes around. I love there's a line in it that says back to back with the Rio Grande, a Christian woman in the devil's land. And it makes me think about how true that was for how many women at that time, because people were making that move west. And at the time, everyone was, you know, the traditional religion at the time was Christianity. And so it, it was so different for them to go to these rough places with these, you know, miners or cowboys and lawlessness and kind of no real religion, but also just no rules. And so a lot of the places where they didn't have a traditional sheriff or, you know, with deputies in a police force, they had these Texas Rangers that went out to these small towns and where there wasn't anything else. And there was just a ruthlessness around them. And so it is a song just for entertainment. And it's just a story. But I can't help but listen to it and think of for how many people that actually was some shade of the truth, you know, at least parts of it. And I, I love that. I love that time. And it's interesting to me to think about it in that way. And I will play this song every day, all day long and never get tired of it. <laughs> I agree. So that will do it for that song, and we will pass it over to Jess for song number 10. Song number 10 is The River. What's behind you? Ain't never knowing what's in store Makes each day a constant battle Just to stay between the shore And I will sail my vessel Till the river runs dry like a bird upon the wind These waters are my sky I'll never reach my destination If I never try So I will sail my vessel Till the river runs dry This song was written by Garth Brooks and Victoria Shaw and it was the 10th song off of Rope in the Wind. It was also not a single. Um, Victoria Shaw wrote The River, She's Every Woman, A Friend to Me, Baby Let's Lay Down and Dance. And she also wrote Where Your Road Leads, which was the duet with Trisha Yearwood. She worked with Doug Stone, John Michael Montgomery, and Eric Church. And she's also released several studio albums of her own. And the way this song came to be is that she used to hang out at the Opryland Hotel during country radio seminar week. And she knew Bob Doyle and Pam Lewis somehow, and they had mentioned to her that she should write with this new guy, Garth. And so she went up and introduced herself and told Garth that, and he said, yes, ma'am, I'd like that very much. And she told him, don't call me ma'am and we'll get along fine. And when they started writing this song, The River, he said he could see people holding up their lighters listening to the song, which is so funny because to have that foresight into what it was going to be, because that's exactly what it is at a live show. 
was so interesting to me. But basically, in the anthology, he says, you know, she was kind of like, whatever, like she, she was like, you don't even have a record deal right now. And just thought he was kind of a dreamer. I mean, she didn't say that. But she just kind of thought, okay, that's great that you see that. And she didn't really see it yet. And actually, Bob didn't like the song at first, because he didn't like that it had the word vessel in it. (laughs) And that made Garth question it. And so it actually took three years to make it onto an album because it made him nervous about putting it out there. And also Victoria tried to talk him out of using the word vessel. But now she says vessel is her favorite word and it's sending her kids to college. So (laughs) so it was kind of funny to me that Garth fought for the word and, you know, he was right. So they were just both two dreamers, you know, not having a lot of success yet when they wrote this song. And so that makes perfect sense when you look at what the song's about. And it's about chasing your dream and putting everything out there and just going where the water takes you. And that's where they both were in their careers at that time. And then so they recorded this song and it kind of sat there. And then Alan Reynolds, every album kept pushing for it. He he wanted it on the first one, wanted it on the second one. And finally, by the time the third one came around, he was still pushing for it. And Garth's brother, Jerry, was also like, hey, when are you going to record this song? And so it finally made itself onto an album, thankfully, because it's a great song. And Trisha sang on this one. And she says in the anthology book that nobody knew what an anthem it was going to become, which obviously nobody knew. But I mean, I feel like Garth maybe had a little inkling of that it was something special just by being able to visualize people responding to it in the way that he did. But I would say overall, the songs about persistence and taking risks, and there are lines that kind of are examples of that. And one of those is where it says, I'll sail my vessel till the river runs dry. I mean, that's a long time. That's a lot of perseverance right there. You're just going to keep going until you can't go anymore. And then as far as taking risks where it says choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide, I think they're just, it is about those things, but in an encouraging way, like it makes you want to take those risks and do what you need to do to follow your dream. And in that way, I think it's relatable because everyone big or small has some kind of dream. And so I like the music in it, but in this one specifically, I think I really actually like the message even more. What do you guys think of this? Yeah, I love the message of this song. And I'm surprised to learn about their concern about the word vessel. I I can't imagine this song without the word vessel in it. Because to me, you know, they're using vessel as like a metaphor for somebody's life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's absolutely perfect for the message that it's trying to get across, which is that all of our dreams, you know, everybody starts out with different dreams. Some people are lucky enough that you know, they come up with the dream for their life when they're very young and they stick with it and they make it to that point. Like I'm sure, you know, once Garth hit the river and decided on music, I say great for him. You know, he picked his dream, he stuck with it. But I think for most people, dreams are like a river because they change. You know, you're going along one way and something throws you to a different course and that can change the entire course of your life, just like a river as you're moving along in it. So I think that vessel metaphor is perfect. And I think it fits so beautifully in the message of this song. For me, this song is like a poem. Mm -hmm. I see it very much that way. And I see it as being a person's entire life. You know, you're taking these twists and turns and you're taking it making the best of each situation that we all come across because none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so 
we get pounded along. And yeah, the shore looks great and it's not demanding and it's easier. But if you stick with your dreams and you stay in that river and you hit those hard patches of water and you make it through, like you said, it's all about perseverance. So I love the message of this song. It will always be about the message. I agree. The music is great, but it will always be about the message for me. Yeah, it's kind of funny that we're talking about this tonight on this episode. The early time in my life, you talk about dreams. I really didn't know what I was going to do, didn't know where I was going to end up. And then I was lucky enough to land with the company that I'm at right now and been there for 21 years. And going back to what I was saying, we're reviewing it now right now and, and the message to the song. In about two weeks, there's going to be a very big shift in my river for me professionally. And it's all positive. It's very, very positive. And it's actually left in in my vessel for me to determine and decide where that dream is going to take me. I know where I want my dream to go with this company. And I am fortunate enough to be able to get to that point of this dream and really set further and bigger dreams for myself and my family later on. And while I was listening to this album, knowing that we were going to review it, I can't tell you how many times when this song came on, it took me to exactly where I am right now, you know, in the, in the river, in the vessel that I'm in and where I get to see it go. It does have a very, very strong message. And I don't know that it's ever been more important to me than it is right now because of what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. And I'm very, very, very excited to be able to, uh, you know, get to that point in my dream. I love the song. I love the message behind it. It's really, really a close personal song to me right now. So uh, it's funny that we were reviewing it. I love it. Love it to death. That's great. Okay. Well, that wraps up the last five songs of Garth Brooks's third studio album, Rope in the Wind. Hey guys, Deb and Pete here, back in the present. You know, it's so funny now listening back to that episode because I couldn't believe then that we were on our 10th episode. And now here we are with 12 more episodes done. That is crazy to me. Absolutely. And hopefully, just like the Garthology podcast, shameless is timeless. The story that Trisha tells in the anthology is great. I love how she had to get pissed off to get Garth to accept that what she sung was going to be able to cut it to go on the, the album. I laughed while listening to us discuss it uh, in that episode and just mentions the difference between Trisha's live and studio vocals. She says, you know, when she's in the studio, she's a little more reserved. And then when she's live, she goes nuts. I went back, thought about it, and she's right. We've seen her live with Garth, and we've got the privilege to see her for the iHeartRadio record release show. And there's no doubt that there is a huge difference between how you would hear a album cut song by Trish and then listening to Trish sing live. She really, really does get into it. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very powerful voice. I wouldn't, I, you couldn't argue she might be one of the most powerful female voices, if not the most powerful female voices in country music. Yeah, I agree. And to hear her live and hear her change a lick or belt out something that she wouldn't normally have done on a studio recording. It's so fantastic live. I love those moments where she just lets herself go and she just lets the music take over. 
and she doesn't stop to think about it at all. And I think that's exactly what Garth was pushing her towards. 100%. And not to take anything away from the song Shameless, but I think that Garth would be pretty happy to hear how Trish has actually taken over this song in our thoughts. Yeah. Because, you know, he mentions it like when when she does her shows, she'll do them in small auditorium like style rooms. And, you know, he even mentions in the wind, like she'll just bring everybody right to the palm of her hand. And then you're wowed by it. And I thought that, you know, obviously in Shameless, I don't know that Shameless would be what it is without her backgrounds. I thought that she really carried a good portion of that song. But the meaning behind the song and the story about Garth dropping the guitar to show his gut every time just cracks me up. I uh, I laughed a lot at this one when I when I went back and listened to it. Yeah, and I still have that picture in my head, like you talked about in that original recording about when he did it for the win and he, you know, he drops that guitar. But the other picture that I have in my head too, and this is what I see when I, when I think of him singing it live, is he puts his hands on his chest and he like rotates his hips as he's singing it. That's the other real live picture of him that I see in my head when I think of Shameless. And it is still my all-time favorite Garth song. Obviously has a lot of meaning to you, you know, going back and listening to it. And uh, yeah, great song. Good one. Yeah, so good. Okay, so let's move on to Cold Shoulder. So I just want to emphasize what Jess said in that original podcast. Trisha and Garth's harmonies are so good. We all know that. And that's true on all the songs they do together. But Trisha's harmonies on Cold Shoulder just are so phenomenal. Yeah. Listening to that again and listening to what we talked about in that episode, her harmonies really lift this song up. Like it's a good song, but her harmonies just take it to another level. I just love her harmonies on Cold Shoulder. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously you could tell we're talking a lot about Trisha and her harmonies, you know, off of this album. And I think that uh, that just goes back to show the chemistry that the two of them have. You know, it started obviously before this album, but uh, it was really showcased here. Cold Shoulder, it wasn't one that I was too familiar with. And I really struggled to get into the story of the song. And I mentioned that before in the last episode. That was the case then. But since I've given this song another shot and wow, what a story to a song. And I listened to the not so hidden message to always do your best and go out of your way to help when you can. Auntie, you explained it's such a good way with lyrics between giving somebody the cold shoulder, but that's not what the song was about at all. And I think that in the original one, when I said I struggled to get into the story, that's kind of the way that I was going. But now listening to it about being a cold shoulder on the side of a highway in a guy that's broke down, trying to get to his family on a Christmas night, it helped me understand the story in the song. And now it's a song that I could listen to and get into, whereas before I struggled to do so. Listening to it again today, doing some research on it, it's sad, but man, it's a good one. God, yeah, it a it's one. such a it's such a sad song, really, when you think about it. It's so sad. It is. And Jess pointed out so many good points to that song in that last episode. Ones I never I never saw, I never thought of, I never I, I didn't see it that way. And so going back and listening to that episode that we did and listening to that and listening to the song again, really, really good. Yeah. So what did you think of We Bury the Hatchet? Very, very country, which we've said about this album going back and talking to it. Yep. Like it's as country as they come. When you listen to the instruments in the background, it is a full on country song. 
There's a great message that we talked about in the episode about letting things go and just moving forward. It really is a great message in a song and in life. If we could all just learn to bury some things, bury the hatchet on some things that happen and move on, I think that we would all just live that much more happy. And if you could do that with multiple things in your life or in your past, your history, your current, I think it'd be a lot easier for a lot of people to get a little bit more happier, but really country. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to bury that hatchet, but you got to bury it all the way down, including the handle. Yep. Don't leave the handle sticking out. Right. Always something to, uh, yeah, absolutely. You leave that handle just out a little bit. It just gives you something to grab onto. (laughs) All you need is a little something to grab onto and then bam, you got the whole thing undug again. Yep. Nope. Bury it all, people. Bury it all. Absolutely. All right. So let's move to In Lonesome Dove. This song, I mean, come on. That's such a great song. Still, I can't believe it wasn't a single. It's just such a great song. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. It's funny revisiting this one now, but I really wish that Jess was here to go over it with us. Remember how bad I had this story messed up? Yeah, you were totally turned around. We literally had to stop recording, figure it out just so I can make sense of it all because I was completely lost on the story, although in Lonesome Dove, And I said it then, and I'll say it today, and I'll say it probably till the day that I die. The song itself is one of my all-time favorites. I just didn't understand the story, obviously. I had it for the most part, but the ending part I was tricked by. And uh, all I got to say, Auntie, that was probably one of the better editing jobs I've ever seen done. (laughs) (laughs) See all you out there don't know what I had to cut out. Absolutely. It was a lot. Now you get it. Yep. (laughs) You know, we talked about doing a storytelling episode, and I can't wait to do that to be able to talk about In Lonesome Dove again because it is such a good song. God, it's, it's a, a good song. song. They need to make a movie out of this song. Oh. It's so good. And they could. They literally they really could take could. this song and make an entire movie out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now we'll move on to the final song, and that is The River. Oh. It's such a great song. Um, I know you love this song. One of my all-time favorites. And if there's not a song in a live Garth Brooks show that brings the entire audience to the front of that stage, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Everybody yep, turns flashlights. To, flashlights yep, <laughs> absolutely. I I know that we said a lot about it, and I know that we're talking about it now. But quite honestly, I don't know that. We couldn't take this one song and do an entire episode about it. Yeah. It's that good of a song. It's so good. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I mentioned last time, you know, at that time when we recorded it, I was going through a huge shift in my river with work at that time, personally. Right. And uh, I was in control of it. And it was so fitting for me then at that time. And reviewing it and listening to the lyrics and the meaning of the song while I was going through that, it really helped me get through it. And all I got to say is everything worked out great. And uh, I I was able to sail my own vessel down, you know, that river. Um, it worked out great. And it's just amazing, you know, such a good story and a, and a good message. Sail your vessel, sail it the way that you want and never give up on your dreams. I'm so glad we get to revisit this sure. and kind of tie up the bow of you, you know, those things in your personal life at that moment, you know, what was going on. And now you get to tie it up right. and say it all worked out well. Yeah, because, you know, I kind of I wasn't sure about mentioning it before because it was like, hey, you know, it's a little personal, but it's kind of like just leading on to no ending type story. But it fits so well, like I mentioned. So, yeah, absolutely. Be able to come back and revisit it. And, uh, you know, everything worked out just as I as I I hoped and that I wanted and that I needed it to. 
And, uh, and now I'm, I'm continuing on my river and I'm in control of my vessel and a uh, great message and a great song and one that I will always, always follow. Yep. Great song. Great album. My favorite. I love it. And that does it. That wraps up our updated discussion of the last five songs on Garth's third album, Rope in the Wind. So we have now completed a second review of Rope in the Wind. I will always and forever love that album. Yeah, it was a good one. And uh, I, again, like we reviewed it, so country and a lot of songs are just so in your face. And uh, it's apparent now Trisha had a big reason why that album had such big success. Yeah, she did. Because we talk about her in this almost as much as we talk about Garth. It It should be Rope in the Wind by Trisha featuring Garth. (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's go over to pete for a shout out to a couple of our very favorite garthologists absolutely we're going to start out with gary brown thank you sir for all the interaction and support you continue to show us i'm not sure that you really understand how much it really means to us you're always there you're always interacting and that's what this entire thing has always been about for us On the second shout out, we want to let Dennis Berry know you, bud, always find a way to in time to share our Facebook post. You comment for us. And again, when we put the time into doing these podcasts and we share our thoughts and feelings and everything on our social media for you to take the time to share your thoughts and feelings back to us to let us know that we're reaching somebody. Uh, it, again, it's what it's all about. We, we appreciate all you Garthologists. Uh, we appreciate the ones that uh, interact with us on our social medias. We love it. Yeah, Dennis and Gary, seriously, you guys are a couple of my favorite people. Thank you so much for reaching out and for interacting with us. I really enjoy talking to you guys on there. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. So have you guys checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by and leave a comment on our blog page to let us know how we're doing. While you're there, go ahead and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the website. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Do you listen on Apple Podcasts? If so, stop by there now and give us a rating and write a quick review. Just takes a couple of minutes. You can let others know how we're doing and encourage them to listen. Are you in a Garth Brooks fan page on Facebook? If so, don't forget to share us with your group by posting about us or sharing one of our posts there. Help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Talking about uh, friends in low places, you can find us on our social media networks and those platforms. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com backslash Garthologycast. And if you're on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Garthologycast on those two platforms. Again. We so much appreciate the interaction. We would love to be able to name every single one of you guys as a shout out. That's our ultimately our goal. Uh, it would be fun to try to keep track of all of you. If you guys can continue to support us on those socials, it would be great. We really appreciate the time. Yes, we do. So this has been season two, episode 12 of Garthology. And I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And Jess, we miss you so much and can't wait for you to come back. We really do miss you, friend. We love you, and we're here for you. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. And here is where Jess 
my computer just had a thing jump up on here. Ay, ay, ay. Well, maybe that's the ending to yeah. this episode. <laughs> oh, what, <is laughs> what? 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 Why? It's on vibrate. How is he getting through to me? That's awesome. Perfect ending. Jeez, Louise.